Welcome to Breaking Soul Ties with Shola Adio. On this broadcast, Shola Adio teaches God's word on soul ties and other relationship issues affecting the believer. Hello guys, uh, this is Shola Adio coming to you once again on another edition of uh, Breaking Soul Ties. So welcome once again to our Breaking Soul Ties um, radio broadcast uh, today. Last week we had our meeting edition and we began to speak about um, an introduction to Breaking Soul Ties. Now today I'll be continuing uh, with that introduction. I'll be continuing with that introduction. And um, where we left off last week was that um, God created man and we also learned from uh, the book of Genesis that man is made up uh, primarily of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. So we learned um, those two uh, things as well. Then we also learned that um, God spoke that in the day that Adam and Eve uh, disobeyed him in the Garden of Eden, that they would surely die. And we also saw from scriptures that they indeed disobeyed God, but um, somehow didn't drop dead and they continued to exist and to function on planet Earth uh, for quite a number of years to come. I think maybe over 300 years or so. Now, we also answer that question. So if they didn't drop dead, is it that God did not know what he was talking about when he said that in the day, the day, he was clear about it, in the day that they ate of the fruit, they would surely die. And we're able to see from scriptures that the die that God was talking about there was actually spiritual death. Spiritual death, which simply means um, you are no longer connected to the spirit of God i.e. the connection between the, their spirits and the spirit of God was severed by that act of disobedience. So we see now that spiritual death is different, or I mean separate from physical death. Spiritual death is when a man is no longer connected with God. But physical death is when the spirit of a man departs from his body. So we begin to see here, that what the sin, uh, the sin that they committed in the Garden of Eden did, was that it destroyed the connection and the fellowship that they had with the Spirit of God. And this fellowship uh, was a fellowship of spirits, the Spirit of man and the Spirit of God. And we also see from scriptures that as a result of this sin, the Bible says that death passed onto the entire mankind. And what that means is that death invaded the soul of man and death also invaded the bodies of man of men. So we see that death coming into the soul meant that um, their thoughts became depraved, their emotions became depraved, and their wills also became depraved. And I think at some point in Genesis chapter 6, God was beginning to contemplate that, look, I'm just feel like wiping these guys out because the imaginations of men were exceedingly um, wicked. 
So we see here that as a result of the sin, death passed on to the entire on on through to the entire mankind. Now, as a result of this, it meant that the thoughts of men were no longer subject or were no longer being done in consonance with the thoughts of God. So the thoughts of God went in one direction and the thoughts of men went in another direction because Satan had invaded their souls. I mean, the souls of men and the spirit of men and the bodies of men. So we had a situation where death began to walk its way progressively, or should I say retrogressively, um in in i mean in human beings so right through uh the spirit that was no longer functioning in consonance with the spirit of god uh right through to the minds of men to the emotions of men and to the wills of men and then right through to the bodies of men so the bodies of men began i mean were now subject to the forces of death and uh stuff like sickness and you know disabilities and all sorts uh, were able to now get into the bodies of men so and also uh, man also wouldn't be able to live forever in that uh, physical body that we are born with uh, simply because the forces of death uh, were automatically acting on the bodies of men as long as you are born of adam and eve but now let's fa fast forward a bit to the time that when jesus came now, when Jesus came, what he did uh, was that he came to die for us on the cross. He came to take our place on the cross so that we would no longer uh, be in a place where we have to bear the eternal punishment for what Adam did. Because what Adam did uh, definitely um, attracted a punishment. And that punishment was that we would have been in hell. Seriously, we would have been in hell. Not only Adam, not only Eve, but everyone that was born as a result of Adam and Eve coming together. And that included you and me. The Bible says that, that for all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we were not going to suffer just for the things for the things that we were doing on the planet Earth. We were going to suffer simply by inheritance, simply by the fact that we were born of Adam and Eve. We were already earmarked for eternal stuff. I mean, eternal destruction. So because Bible says all have sinned, not some of us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible also says that the soul that sinneth, it shall die. So, so what it means that you didn't, there was no amount of good you could have done after you were born that would have qualified you from heaven, for heaven. There was no amount of good that you could have done simply because we were born with the sin nature. All of us were born with the sin nature. It didn't matter what denomination your parents took you to, uh, Catholic, Anglican, Pentecostal, any of those um, uh, evangelical the fact that you were born of man and woman, the will of man, meant that we were all born as sinners and the only thing we deserved was death. You understand? Now, when Jesus came, what Jesus came to do was to come on the same principle. The same principle that allowed Adam and Eve to infect us with what they did in the Garden of Eden. That same principle is the same principle by which Jesus came 
to effect our salvation and to effect our restoration into the fellowship of God. Now, let's look at that uh, from the same place where uh, we read about Adam. I mean, infecting the rest of us with what he did in the Garden of Eden. And that will be in Romans chapter 5 verse 12. So, let's um, flip over to that uh, and then begin to read. Romans chapter 5 um, and that will be from verse 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And verse 13, For until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned. You see that? That spiritual death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Who is the figure of him that was to come? That's the figure of Jesus Christ. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead. So we see we were all dead because of the offense of Adam. Much more, the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Now, what the Bible is saying here in verse 16 is that one sin brought judgment unto all of us. But the Bible is now saying that the free gift of Jesus Christ is going to bring us into justification from many offenses. Many offenses means that both the offense of Adam and my offense and your offense and your daddy's offense and your mommy's offense and your grandfather's offense and your grandmother's offense that Jesus Christ has brought justification, justification unto us um, from all those offenses. So that answers the question. Um, your grandfather sinned against God and um, are you supposed to bear the punishment for what your grandfather did? No, you are not supposed to because the free gift of Jesus Christ has brought justification from that offense. You understand? Yes, it's in the Old Testament that uh, people are going to suffer even unto their third and fourth generations. But Jesus Christ has come to pay the price, the penalty for those errors and for those things so that we can be justified hallelujah what i mean this is good news seriously i don't have to spend 40 weeks begging god f to avert something that my grandfather did it is wrong teaching seriously jesus christ already died for that thing on the cross so satan has no legal right to exact any punishment of such thing against my destiny and the earlier you embrace that as a revelation the better so you don't spend 40 weeks uh rolling on the floor asking god to avert uh the sins of your grandfather from your life no 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 no, no. that's wrong teaching jesus already paid the price and just receive it receive it declare it and renew your mind with that word and you will see your life blossom hallelujah verse 17 for if by one man's offense death reigned by one 
much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one jesus christ therefore as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life hey guys my time is up now and um, i will be coming back uh, to you um, after the break to continue with our introduction god bless you Hello guys, welcome back. Um, so, uh, we left off at the point uh, where we saw that Jesus Christ, um, by the same principle uh, with which Adam infected the entire human race, Jesus Christ also came by the same principle uh, to bring salvation onto the uh, entire human race. So, we see there how the... Um, issue of um, salvation uh, began to uh, uh, began to play out now let's uh, just uh, complete uh, that passage of scripture complete read uh, the reading of that passage of scripture Romans chapter 5 we read from verse 19 it says for as by one man's obedience many were made sinners so by the obedience of one does Jesus Christ shall many be made righteous moreover the law entered that the offense might abound but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So we see here that Jesus Christ is the one who brought us salvation. And this salvation essentially was meant originally and still meant to affect our spirits our souls and our bodies but let's look at you know just very quickly um how this salvation affects the various components of our lives now on the day that you got born again something happened your spirit became recreated the bible says in second corinthians chapter 5 and 17 that therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature old things are passed away and all things are become new so something very powerful happened the day you received the gospel and you decided to pray that sinner's prayer and invite Jesus Christ into your life to become your personal Lord and Savior. Now, it, it went far beyond just a verbal commitment, but something happened. Your spirit, Jesus Christ came into your spirit and your spirit got recreated. So the Bible now refers to you as a new creation man the bible says that if anyone be in christ he is a new creature old things are passed away and all things are become new now that is your spirit man so jesus christ 
jesus christ now functions in your spirit the new creation man is jesus christ so if you have accepted jesus christ as your lord and savior jesus christ now lives on the inside of you in fact your entire spirit is jesus christ that's jesus christ is living on the inside of you you are a new creation man he lives on the inside of you he's not outside you but he's inside you as a result of getting born again but that's not the only thing um, that's going to be affected uh that's not the only thing that's going to be affected uh by uh by the salvation package the salvation package is also meant to affect our souls and our bodies the impact of the salvation package is instant on our spirits but the impact is not really instant on our souls and our bodies and i'll explain that to you let's go to romans chapter 12 we'll read from verses 1 and 2 romans chapter 12 uh, verses 1 and 2 romans 12 1 and 2 it says i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god so we see here from verse 2 that the bible is saying that transformation and let me just um, have a quick look at this word uh, transformation oh yes very expectedly the word transformation there comes from a greek word metamorpho now metamorpho is where the english got metamorphosis from and metamorphosis simply means transformation so the bible is saying here that yes you got born again yes your spirit got recreated in god but then you must go through a process of transformation and that process of transformation can only be initiated by you deciding to submit your mind to the word of god and the bible says be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so we see here that the spirit of god has come on the inside of you now that you are saved but that's not the end of the story the story continues with you renewing your mind now what does it mean to renew your mind it means for you to submit your mind to the word of god and allow the spirit of god to open the eyes of your understanding and give you revelation from god's word and to speak directly to you from god's word so that you can put god's word into practice by speaking it and by acting on it and by praying it and then you will see a transformation in your outward life now don't let's forget something proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 he says as a man thinketh in his heart so is he so the way you think is actually the way you come across you understand the way you think is actually the way you come across and what happens when you get saved is that the spirit of god will begin to feed you with the thoughts of god i mean the bible makes it clear that god's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways but when you get born again you now begin to submit your mind you begin to submit your mind to the word of god you begin to submit your mind to revelation coming from god into your spirit 
and when your mind begins to receive it your mind your spirit sorry your spirit will receive it and pass it to your mind and then your mentality about life will change and then your actions and your words will produce a transformation in your outward life so we see that it is a process it is not something that happens instantly now people can get saved today and then still not act like they are saved and you know act like people who have never had an encounter with jesus christ before in their lives and uh, we begin to say th- i mean we look from afar and begin to point fingers and say look that guy is not acting like a christian no what has happened is that he received jesus christ but his mind has not yet been renewed so he has not been through a transformation process so we see here that uh, your mind being renewed is what gives you access into transformation now how does this have to do with soul ties now while you were out there in the world satan put things in your mind satan got you engaged in loads of things things that were evil things that were wrong things that were injurious to your destiny things that god hated he got you involved in a number of these things he planted these things into your emotions your mind your will your intellect everything that had to do with thoughts and emotions satan invaded all those areas and what then happens is that now that you are saved now that you are born again the bible says that you've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son but now that all this um, has happened now you relocated into the kingdom of god but then as you relocated you came with the same mindset that you had in the land of egypt and you'll notice also that when the train of israel left egypt when god brought them out of egypt and got them to cross the red sea when he brought them out of egypt that was a type of them getting born again when he got them into the red sea that was a type of them being baptized into the holy spirit and um when they came out on the other side you still discover that this miracle of coming out of egypt this miracle of crossing the red sea and the egyptians dying within that sea did not change their minds so let me tell you one thing about the flow of the miraculous a miracle cannot change your mentality do you understand a miracle cannot change your mentality a miracle cannot change your mindset do you get it so even if god gives you a miracle it will not change your life it will not change your mentality i mean how could you have crossed the red sea how could you have crossed the red sea and within two weeks you are already telling moses that they should take you back into the land of egypt that that the land of egypt was far better than the wilderness i mean so you can see clearly that a miracle did not change their mindset so a miracle cannot change your life so beyond a miracle that you are seeking for to change your life immediately you need to seek for the revelation of god you need to seek for the wisdom of god that will change your mentality that will renew your mind so that lasting transformation can be brought into your life so that is um, very important that is very key and very important you need to um um, have a grasp of that now let's before we uh, run away let's look at um a few definitions of soul ties of what a soul tie is that um i have um uh written down what is a soul tie what is a soul tie 
A soul tie is simply the captivation of your soul, emotion, and will and mind by another person or thing. A soul tie is simply the captivation of your soul by another person or thing. Let's look at another definition I've got for you here. It says a soul tie is also simply the attachment of your soul, which comprises of your emotion, will, and mind to another person or thing. An attachment of your soul to another person or thing. Let's look at another uh, definition. It says a soul tie exists when there are things or people you can't just say no to when you should be saying no to them so let me tell you, give an example of a soul tie now if god says that you should not commit fornication i mean not uh have sex with someone you're not married to now if someone is now asking you to have sex with him you know, especially ladies that are desperate to marry and the guy is going to have sex uh, with me now because you cannot say no then that means there is a soul tie so if there's something i'm offering to you that you should be saying no to and you cannot say no to it then you have a soul tie with that thing so it's as simple as that i mean men have soul ties with sex so even when you're not supposed to get sex from somebody you're not married to and the person is offering it to you and you cannot resist it then it means you have a soul tie with that thing so simply speaking a soul tie is something that you can't resist or you find it difficult to resist and you cannot say no to it so there are people you cannot say no to you have soul ties with them there are things you cannot say no to you have soul ties uh with them our time is almost up and um i look forward to seeing you guys again next week as we progress in our definition of soul ties thank you very much see you next week bye thank you for listening to breaking soul ties with shola to learn more about Soul Ties on Twitter, please follow at Shola Adio and at Soul Ties Twitter. You can also visit www.breakingsoulties.com. To contact Shola Adio, please send an email to breakingsoulties at carriesministries.org or on BBM 7C5BBD57. This concludes this episode of Breaking Soul Ties with Shola Adio. 